0: Welcome to Women and Confidence, a podcast where we get to the heart of the confident woman. Hello, I'm Lana, and I'm here with Linda. We're both certified coaches and the author of a new book called Women and Confidence The Truth About the Lies
1: We Tell Ourselves. So, if you've already listened, we talked about why we wanted to actually write this book, about how we have personally met so many women who despite their brilliance and their talents and everything good about them, they continue to hold themselves back in their work and in their life. And we also shared with you that we know this subject really well, Lana and I do, because we also were one of these women. We also shared with you in the last podcast that our book outlines a new approach, a much simpler and revolutionary approach than the traditional self-help books on how to become more confident. And today we're going to dive right in and talk about one of our chapters, one of the lies we women continue to tell ourselves about why we're not confident. And just to kind of um, explain why we're calling it a lie, we've outlined each chapter as a lie, and. It's not that we're deliberately telling ourselves lies. We're, we're just kind of using that word to get your attention. But it's really a misunderstanding, right? We have these misunderstandings about why we think we can't be confident. The lie that we're going to talk about today, we're going to begin with this one because we actually think it's the most prevalent lie. It's the one that stops women in their tracks. And the lie is... I can't be confident if I don't look good. What's amazing about this lie is that you and I, Lana, I, I remember this distinctly, that when we were actually putting the book together, writing the chapters, and we were, I think we were about halfway through, it actually occurred to me that we hadn't written about this subject. And I remember distinctly turning around to you and I said, how could we have forgotten about this how could we have not seen that this lie needs to be written about and it it struck me um so deeply because in all actuality the truth of it was that this was the one that really got to me this is the one that really stopped me in my tracks in my work and yet I hadn't it I'd kind of um kind of blindsided me Yeah, I
0: remember that when you when you said it, it was one of those moments where you go, oh, my God, how, how did we miss this? And to me, it's kind of akin to a fish in water, they don't realize they're in water, because that's (laughs) all they've ever known. And for so many of us, all we've ever known is sort of judging and measuring our beauty, our physical appearance, and whether or not it stacks up. So of course, it makes sense that, we would almost be immune to this being a factor or or recognizing that there's anything we can do with it because to us it just seems factual that yes my physical appearance affects how i show up in the world
1: yeah and this was actually a really hard one for me to admit because that the fact that it you know it stopped me from putting my work out into the world it was really difficult for me To write about, even though I knew it was a juicy topic and I knew women would resonate with it, I found it very difficult to write about because I felt very embarrassed about it. I felt quite sad about it. The fact that to admit that, you know, that extra 15 pounds of weight that I had gained was the thing that was stopping me from doing videos or going public on Facebook or whatever public forum I was trying to pursue. So there was a lot of shame around that, and it was a hard thing to write about. But at the same time, it was so freeing to really like just point at what, what was stopping me and to just acknowledge that, hey, it's okay, you know? You've admitted it, and there was something very freeing about that.
0: It's such a fine line we walk. When we confront some of these issues that are within ourselves, it's, we're in a double bind because we, we don't want to appear or seem like we're vain, that, that our yeah. appearance you know, has such a big hold on us. And at the same time, we know it does. And so it's, it's sort of releasing this and admitting to it and recognizing it that that feels so vulnerable sometimes but once you do and once it's out there then you can kind of relax and and sort of see it for what it is it's it's not real (laughs) in so many ways and and we'll get into that a little bit more but i think for women in particular this is such a vulnerable issue because it doesn't take much for somebody to criticize us sometimes the worst ones are on physical appearance. It gets to the heart.
1: Yeah, and, well, we all know the experience that, and I, I have to say that w- when you're in a public setting or if you're at a party or something, aren't we the first ones, women, to size up other women that walk into a room? Absolutely. <laughs> I know I always did anyway. Yeah. And, and just on that subject as well, the interesting thing that went through my head when I was going through this, when I was trying to put my work out into a public forum, I I would look at other women who were clearly younger and beautiful and thin who were doing that. And I was thinking, I had the thought, oh, it's easy for them yeah. because they, they're what they are. Mm-hmm. And it, they must have such fun because they're attractive and they're thinner that they can get out there and just kind of, you know do their thing and have the world look at them and so the thinking was you know if I had what they had I'd also be confident Mm -hmm. and that was the biggest lie (laughs) uh, because when I was much younger thinner and and more attractive how I perceived myself to be more attractive it really didn't have much effect on my confidence I was still very insecure So to think that being attractive and being thinner is going to fix that problem, Mm -hmm. that's an erroneous thought. That's an erroneous way of looking at it It, because it really doesn't affect how we show up in the world.
0: And isn't that interesting? I mean, how many of us have looked back on older pictures? I mean, granted, maybe the glasses or the hairstyle wasn't ideal. (laughs) Uh, But if you look beyond that, you think, Gosh, what was I thinking that I felt so insecure about my appearance back then? I mean, and that's the key. I mean, that statement right there, what was I thinking? That's going to be at the heart of what we we talk about eventually. But isn't it interesting? We do come by this innocently in terms of why we seem so obsessed or concerned about physical appearance. Because our whole society, our culture, everything in the world Seems to point to that and say, "Well, that's where you're going to derive your value and your ability to have confidence."
1: Yeah, that's a really good point because when you think about it, we have bought into this belief that things on the outside, like makeup and hairstyles, and and you know, designer clothes, um, and wrinkle cream and diets those external things will make us feel better. And sometimes they do. You know, it, it, it can seem as if if we do all that, we can show up and feel more confident. And it seems as if we are feeling confident, but it actually isn't sustainable. I mean, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you are always going to feel confident. But But getting back to that original thought of, yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, this is the way we've been raised, us women, to think that things on, there is something external on the outside that's going to help us feel better on the inside. And that's the biggest lie. Yeah,
0: and we call it the outside in, yeah. where things outside of us are the cause of how we feel inside. And in actuality, we have that backwards. Things outside of us can't make us feel any way even though it seems I mean that underline that underscore that it seems like it is related and correlated but that's just not the case because as you and I both know and and everybody out there has probably experienced you can wear an outfit one day and think think you're looking pretty snappy and then the next day put it on and, and for whatever reason you don't understand but you just don't see it the same way. And so the variable is always outside what's happening in your circumstance. That's not the constant. That's the variable.
1: Yeah, and uh this is kind of a, an awkward thing to say, but I had a friend once who was traditionally mm-hmm. <laughs> not considered physically attractive. And it was a, it was a guy friend. He was overweight, he had was losing his hair, and and yet, despite that, and he didn't have much of a fashion sense at all. I mean, he would just, you know, no real interest in his external, you know, makeup or whatever. And, but for whatever reason, he was just so attractive. He was so appealing when he spoke, um, when he shared himself with people. And it's like all of that other stuff just didn't matter. And I've met women like that too who are not your traditional, conventional, what we deem as beautiful or attractive in society. And yet there's just something magnetic or charismatic about them that just, it's like that stuff doesn't matter, you know? So what what is that pointing to, do you think? Well, for me, um, and you and I, we've discussed this in this new understanding, it, it really points to the fact that there is something deeper There is a deeper part of us that is always there and that can never be damaged or grow old, wrinkled. It can never be defective. There's something beautiful and whole and confident Mm -hmm. and charismatic that's there constantly that's always been a part of us. I first came across this concept if you like when I was I when I was in India many I had the great privilege of being in India when I was 18 19 years old and the first time I ever heard about this that the whole idea that we are not our bodies Mm -hmm. we are not our physical bodies yes that this is like a a vehicle that we travel in a container a container yeah and it's you know it's got some significance obviously but at our core we are, some people call it the soul or pure consciousness, but that, that is the thing that is always kind of noticing how we're thinking or noticing how we're showing up in the world. That remains constant. So there is, it's what we're saying is it's pointing to something more constant, that's deeper, that is um, always there with us, that mm-hmm. never changes. Mm-hmm. And I find that quite comforting there's something so powerful
0: about knowing that these qualities of confidence and love and peace and creativity and genius really are part of all of us. That's who we are behind all of our personal mind, if you will. And we've all had examples of that show up in our lives. Sometimes I find myself just you know, zipping along the day and just not a care in the world and smiling at people and feeling so effervescent and so content in life and seeing the beauty all around me and just flowing with life. And then I'll happen to catch a glimpse of myself in the reflection as I walk by something. And it's like it's like the record goes, you know, <laughs> it's like, whoa, stop. Did you not see what you look like today? Yeah. And all of a sudden it takes me out of who I actually am. And and it's tricky to talk about this because we use a lot of I and me and who I am. But it it takes you out of the, those qualities that just show up when you're not in your ego or personal mind or identity. And, and that's just how you are with life. You engage in life this way. And and suddenly, you know, you're thinking about, oh, God, did I wear that today? I look so frumpy, or I look this and that. And notice how quickly you become small and contained and insecure. And the way
1: you show up to life transforms that is i mean what woman hasn't had that experience you know and i'm thinking of uh, what mike the author michael singer talks about in his book the untethered soul where he talks about having the crazy roommate in your head yes and isn't it like that <laughs> so you've got true. you've got this crazy voice yeah. in your head that's saying who do you think you are? Look, look how, how overweight you are, or how older you look, or wrinkled. And that's the thing you need to be paying attention to. You know, not this feel good in your, you know, in your soul. But it always is, it is, it's like having a crazy roommate in your head. And it's interesting you bring that up about how you can be feeling your pure self, and then all of a sudden see an image of yourself. And it's like eradicates it all in our book. I write about an experience I had when I was videotaped and I was giving a, a kind of uh, testimonial for another coach. And my, my actual uh, testimonial and my video recording went really well. I was really articulate, I was, spoke from the heart. I really, you know, they said I was a natural in front of the camera. And that, but when I actually personally saw myself on camera, I was like, that is like, to heck with everything I said. The fact that I didn't look good or I didn't, you know, like the way I looked, that was more important to me than any wonderful thing I said or how I said it. You know, it's like it just kind of obliterated all of that. Mm. And that's a sad thing. And that was that crazy roommate in my head saying, no, you, you know, just look at how you look. That's the most important thing.
0: I love that story that you share. It shows the contrast between when you're just showing up to life and you're tapped into those qualities that are innate within all of us and what comes out versus when suddenly you get concerned and overly obsessed with your thoughts, the crazy roommate, and how that changes everything. The other thing that I love is have you ever noticed when – You see a woman who is not traditionally within cultural norms attractive, but she exudes confidence and a life and a spark. Don't you find that you just, your mouth drops open because you're in such admiration for this woman. There's something in you that knows the truth about how she's showing up, that there's something deeper that she's connected to that is just coming from her. Yeah.
1: And conversely, we've all met certain individuals who look good on the outside, Mm -hmm. right? They've got all the bells and whistles going for them in terms of their physical attractiveness. But yet there's an emptiness there. If they're not connected to who they really are, and they're just depending on all that external stuff, there's a kind of shallowness to some people that There's no charisma. There's no spark. So that works the other way as well. Absolutely. And it's
0: such a painful place to be, isn't it? When you're so trapped into my physical appearance has to be this, this, this. We create all these rules on how it needs to look in order for us to be acceptable, in order for us to feel confident. We have all these rules around it. It's such a limiting life then.
1: It is. It's, first of all, it takes up all of your energy mm-hmm. and um, and money. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. We are under no illusion that the physical body does decline. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, it does. You know, you can look at movie stars and look at how beautiful they were. In fact, I was just watching an old movie the other night with Jean Tierney, who was one of the most beautiful actresses. Mm. And then there was a biography show on After Her showing her when she was in her 70s. And, you know, you kind of say, oh, just see how the body declines. What happened to that beautiful young woman, you yeah. know? So we're under no illusion. This does happen. And, you know, we do feel a certain sadness and grief mm-hmm. about losing something that we had. I know I do. And it's like, where did that young person go to? Mm-hmm. But because I have this new understanding now that that's just... That is not the whole me, that there is a deeper part of me. And also just knowing that it's inevitable that change is going to happen. Change is happening all the time. It's happening in nature and it's going to happen within us. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't be under any illusion to think that we can hold on to this forever. And And so, so what do you do? What do you do when you're faced with this? When, when you do gain weight, when you do grow old, when your body does look as if it's in decline, how do we manage our lives? How do we, do we just decline, do we just kind of become hermits like a lot of movie stars do and you never see them? And I think the ones that do become hermits and never, never want to be public, they are the ones who have bought into this idea that that is who they really are. Yeah, And that's the sad thing about it two actresses came to mind
0: Audrey Hepburn who found value and a life in service you know following her acting years and her spirit was just incredibly beautiful and she recognized this from a very young age that the beauty is is something that fades but your spirit and how you show up in life and and what you do and how you care for people that's that's where the juice is of life and also i'm reminded about did you ever see the uh, oscars where jessica tandy won an oscar for maybe it was driving miss daisy Mm. and her husband had said well she's the most beautiful woman in the room you know and it was like my god yeah because he sees beyond the physical because there's something else that we are pointing to as well and and Sort of piggybacking on that, when you mentioned Michael Singer before, you know, I love his work because he points to a truth. You know, we're all stardust. I mean, we are. Is that not incredible? Yeah. So I can have moments when I'm not in my ego and I'll look at my arm or my skin on my arm and I'll notice, wow, that's changing. That's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not as, um, resilient or flexible, elastic as it used to be. I'll notice that. But rather than judge it and and feel shame about it, I actually am fascinated by it. But that's only when I'm taking this sort of this awesome view of life and how, how we've been made and how we come from stardust when I take that it's like it's incredible it's beautiful when I go into my personal mind and my thinking and and my conditioning about what physical beauty and appearance is holy crow does my confidence take a take a nosedive
1: yeah yeah I I am the same I think the barometer for me is when I notice myself taking myself too seriously and getting too personal Uh, if I then I know to kind of zoom out and see the whole picture of who I am that brings me incredible peace and truth about what's going on so as we bring this podcast to a close Lana let's just leave our listeners with some final thoughts about you know The next time you do find yourself feeling insecure because of, or or self-critical because of your physical appearance, there is this tendency to want to kind of indulge in that feeling state, right? You know, we want to kind of hang out with those feelings and feel bad for ourselves. And we also want it to give us the excuse to not put ourselves out into the world, to not do our work, to not let others see us or so, that this is why we're not confident this is why we're not confident exactly so so when that moment comes and they they will come for sure those thoughts those critical thoughts will come what should be the next way of looking at this what's the approach that we take in answering this question any self-help book will kind of like tell you to Notice the thinking that you're having and to kind of change it from being negative to positive, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do Get they a better feeling get thought. A, get a better feeling thought. Or even just do something, you know, change your behavior, like actually go and get a new haircut or something right. or change your image or right. new set of clothes. Put positive stickies around mm-hmm. or look in the mirror and say how beautiful you are and Been there, done that. It's all very well meaning, Mm -hmm. and it's you know, it's they're just trying to help people out. So, rather than do those things, Mm -hmm. one of the things that we can do is just to kind of remember or just notice oh, that's just thinking that's coming through us moment to moment. I'm having a negative thought right now about my appearance, and to realize that that thought will actually move along on its own accord without us having to do anything unless we lasso it and mm-hmm. start hanging out with it right that's what that's we right. normally do yeah but when we if we have the understanding that thoughts are just kind of coming along like they do on a ticker tape at the bottom of the news right and they'll go of their own accord that's a that's a way of reminding ourselves of how this equipment of the mind is actually working, of how thoughts are transient, and they're moving along like clouds in the sky. Yeah, recognizing that it is thought, and thought
0: is fluid, its nature is fluid, and recognizing that, for some of us actually, for most women, we have those sticky moments in our life that we remember, as probably, you know, young adolescents where something was said about appearance. And in that moment, there was such an emotional reaction that we, we kind of dug in. It, that thought then we had that maybe was painful or negative, what we would construe as negative, began sort of a pattern of and a habit of thinking that way whenever something similar came up or a, a situation similar to that came up so we come by this once again innocently in that these habits of thinking get created innocently and so notice that when you're on that train of thought where oh god i look i look awful today i can't do anything i can't show up i can, i don't want to speak up right now because my hair is this or that Notice that all that is, is just a habit of thinking that got created at some point, but it is not pointing to a truth. It's just a habit.
1: Oh, and that, just knowing that, knowing how that has worked in our life, is so liberating to understand that. The other point, final point I want to bring up here is there's a tendency to think that thought is the evil guy, Yeah, you know, and, and I think it's pretty amazing that even like a thought, a negative thought, has the power mm-hmm. to create a circumstance in our life. It has that power to, to make us not do something. Yeah. And how amazing that is if you buy into it. So conversely, a thought that feels more uplifting or inspiring can inspire you to 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 kind of move in a direction that feels better in terms of putting your work out into the world. So just notice that, you know, thoughts are neutral. They're not evil. They're not trying to get you off guard. If you understanding the nature of them, that they're constantly fluid and flowing like clouds in the sky and that they will move on of their own accord without us getting our fingers in there and messing around with them, you don't have to do anything with them, mm-hmm. but it's just an understanding of how it all works. That can liberate us, and that gives us the power to get out there and and just be who we really wanna be and, and express ourselves. And again,
0: full circle, pointing to the fact that behind and before all of that thinking, lies these amazing qualities that are innate to all of us and confidence is one of them
1: thank you for listening and next week we are going to share another lie with you so please tune in and leave a comment yeah and let us know how this topic has
0: affected you okay i'll talk to you later you too Bye. Bye.
1: you've been listening to women and confidence a podcast with Lana Bastianuti and Linda Ford. Don't forget to subscribe and share with other women. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and rating. Until next time, here's to your confident life.